0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Wolverines podcast is back, as if it ever left. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, yeah, we've still, I still feel like, I don't know, number one, I'm tired I am exhausted. I have long told you that I am not a Lions fan. I've been Lions free since, I don't know, 20, 2010, something like that, 2011. Probably after 2011, yeah, somewhere around there. I watched that game, and I was livid, livid. Had trouble sleeping after that. That's I can't remember the last time a game made I mean, so I had trouble sleeping, aside from my field turf allergy, which makes it sometimes difficult to deal with after uh, going to Michigan games. But, uh, yeah, so I kind of want to tie that back into some themes with Michigan to some degree. We'll talk about that. We'll get into uh, we – talk to some offensive players yesterday at media availability at the press conference and uh, this idea that, about offensive identity – we talked to Nick Eubanks. I kind of want to discuss that, discuss where the offense is right now, parse through some of the coach-speak type things. One of the things that kind of stands out to me. Uh, and then finally, we'll talk about the run game. We talked about the importance of that and everything. So we'll get into all of it. Uh, first off, this Lions game, I know a lot of you aren't necessarily Lions fans. Like I, I mean, I think if you're just a football fan, this kind of stands out. Uh, like I said, I've been mostly Lions for The Lions lose. Generally, I'm, I ha- it has no effect or bearing on how I feel. If they win. It also has no effect or bearing on how I feel. But I felt it yesterday because the officiating was the worst I have ever seen. And I was on the sidelines for the 2016 Michigan-Ohio State game in Columbus. And I thought that those two games had very similar themes. Very, very similar themes. Because when you look at how those two games played out, you know, a Michigan hanging on to a narrow lead, Lions hanging on to a narrow lead, on the road, hostile territory, a rivalry game. If you can call any NFL game a rivalry game. Big stage, national spotlight. And the officials took this type of idea essentially of we're going to keep giving the home team extra chances until they can win the game. That's a, and this is where I start to differ. Like I am partially of the mentality of you have to play better than the officiating. I am also definitely of the mentality. And I tweeted this out during the lions game. You can't win games like this by kicking field goals. You gotta score touchdowns. And the Lions did not do that. Granted, some of them like the TJ Hawkinson touchdown. I mean, that that looked like a touchdown to me. I understand, you know, came off the ground and whatever, but that was the whole thing that's kind of changed. The process of the catch isn't as full. I but, I mean, okay, so that's not a touchdown. The carry on Johnson. Fumble out of bounds wasn't a catch. These are things that I feel were a little close to, too close to call, too close to overturn. And then, obviously, the the most egregious parts were the, uh, were the two penalties on Trey Flowers. It uh, is absolutely egregious. When it's evident, I mean, when it's so bad that you know the the color commentators sitting there saying, "Hey, no, this is an absolutely terrible call." They spent twenty some minutes on the post game on ESPN with Scott Van Pelt calling out all the terrible officiating. If you go to any of the tw- the tweets from the NFL or Green Bay Packers, you just see you know, Lions fans and non Lions fans alike really taking it to the officials and i think that's 100% fair. and again, it reminds me of that game in 2016 because yeah, you can you have you have to play better than the officials, but guess what? The officiating changes the game. and it was very similar in 2016 to the, to me the biggest play of that game that changed the course of that game what it wasn't the pick 6 it wasn't the, the Harbaugh and sportsmanlike conduct. It wasn't the fumble at the goal line. It was them giving a pass interference penalty to Delano Hill when the, the ball was uncatchable. After Michigan was clearly getting off the field on third down. The refs were looking for a reason to give Ohio State another chance. Because... Nine times out of ten, that does not get called. Did he interfere with them? A little bit, but guess what? That ball was not catchable. And I feel like this is the type of thing that you always see that snake bites teams in the state of Michigan. I mean, I guess not Michigan State. Michigan State always seems to have luck on its side. Michigan and the Lions don't. Obviously, Michigan's been far superior, but listen, the Green Bay Packers don't need any help. The Lions... Need all the help they can get, even though I think they're a really good team this year. Looking at the rest of their schedule, I think that there's a chance that they could go through and win m- most, if not all, those games, depending on how they re- you know they respond to this. I think they're a better team than the rest of the teams they face. But that that's there's the rub. Officiating, it they have to change something at both levels. I think it's more egregious right now in the NFL, especially because these are full full time paid guys now. These aren't. These aren't the part-timers like they are in college. But that's where we get an issue. Like, a guy gets a call wrong, there's no accountability. Very rarely do you hear of any referee teams being suspended. It does happen. But it's just kind of like the Michigan State, uh, Arizona State. I guess that's that's an issue where the officials didn't catch the uh, guy lined up over center. Should have been roughing the center. Arizona State won as a result. What did Michigan State get? They get an apology. Something's got to change in officiating. It's like if the whole point of replay and all that is to get things right, you know, Wake Forest, North Carolina. You know that there should have been one second left. Officials are off the field. Just get it right. That's the whole point of this. If you're going to utilize technology and everything. Get it right. Don't. It, this isn't baseball. I don't mind as much baseball not having replay. I know it does now, but I didn't mind it as much because it's, that's old-timey baseball. The human element. So, that's not what we're trying to do in football. We're trying to be smarter than that. We're trying to be bigger than that. We're trying to get things correct. The game happens really, really fast. You're going to make mistakes, but don't make the same mistake twice in the same game in the same drive and the same thing that's going to, well, not the same drive, but you know, same quarter. Be consistent in the good things, not in the bad things. If you're going to call pass interference on uh, Delano Hill, call it on whoever was holding Grant Perry in overtime. It's just, it it is a disgrace to the game. There's a lot of other things disgracing the game. The Lions haven't helped themselves, but man. The last time I remember being this livid after a call in the NFL ranks was the the Calvin Johnson process of the catch. After that, I started to lose interest. I still paid attention to the Lions for a couple years, but then I started to lose interest. By 2013, I had stopped watching the Lions altogether. Michigan, I'm obviously not going to do that, but it just makes the product bad. I don't know what's at both levels. Why can't you have an upstairs official like some, a lot of these people are proposing? Have someone out there that's watching all 22. Pat McAfee was talking about this on a video I saw on Twitter, and I think that's really wise. That's what needs to happen. Get it right, because these games are legacy definers, more so in college than the NFL. Think if, They got, if someone, there was official up in the box in Columbus that said, hey, that's not pass interference, that ball was uncatchable. Michigan wins that game. We're not having all of these, Harbaugh can't beat a top team on the road, Harbaugh can't beat Ohio State, we wouldn't be having any of those. Could Michigan have made more plays? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that officiating doesn't change games. All right. Move on to offensive identity uh, here in just a moment. But uh, if you're looking to reach a more upscale male audience, well, guess what? Your company could be mentioned right here, right now on this podcast. For more details about increasing your business, email me at ihole at usatoday.com. So we talked to we talked to to Nick Eubanks yesterday, and he was the one who said after the Wisconsin game that uh that he felt like there was not an offensive identity at the time. Now we're a couple weeks later, I mean Michigan played Rutgers, it looked really good in that game as any team would. You and I would look good against Rutgers. Uh who are <laughs> does it matter who's listening to this. You just get a group together. We could, we could go and take it down Rutgers with a little bit of practice. Hyperbolically, of course, but uh, no, it's, they looked good. There didn't look great against Iowa, but it was, it was the deal. You know, they got the job done defensively offense looked good for a grand total of three minutes, but I, I understand what they were doing. They were, Try not to make mistakes. They felt like they could lean on the defense. That's fine. Not what we want to see. Because they can't do that in some of these other games, probably. Definitely aren't going to be able to do it this week. Next week. Might be able to do it against Michigan State. Not going to be able to do that against Ohio State. But you've got you've got a bunch of games to get to that point. That much more time to hopefully figure out what you're doing. But Nick Eubanks says that, hey, we we feel like we've found something of a groove on offense. And I kind of asked like, Hey, what is that groove? And he's like, well, it's like, we're just being more physical up front at the point of attack and, and whatever. Now that's good and all, but, and I'm going to be kind of beating a dead horse here. I still feel like the offensive identity could and should be centered around the read option game because, and this is one of those things that I feel like, because when we talk to these guys, both sides of the ball, and it's like, what's changed? Like in the good games, what's changed is like, well, we we didn't, you know, we we never lost faith in each other, and that just sounds like extreme coach speak, you know. And that it, it makes me harken back to I remember it was like 2011 or, or so. I remember I had my uh, apartment in Hollywood, and you know, so it was West Coast time, and I remember it was kind of late, and I was watching Sports Center, and the the San Diego Chargers had just come back gotten a comeback victory by behind a Philip rivers engineered drive. And I just remember watching the, the Philip rivers post-game press conference and it seemed so inspirational, but so coach speakish, right. It was just like, you know, like, Hey, w-, you know what happened? Like, you know, we never lost faith in one another and we believed that we could do it. And we, you know, and it's like, th- that just sounds all very up in the sky, but is it like, that's the thing, like that might be the coach speak way of, Saying what the truth is, is which is knowing that the man next to you is going to make the play. Like, that's the thing that you always hear about Michigan, and like, you have to go out there and execute because the guy next to you, you don't want to let the guy next to you down. I don't know yet that they're quite doing that, but it does seem like it's a bit better. The offensive line has looked better, including against Iowa, who has. Not a tenacious front. They keep kind of everything in front of them, but it's still a vast improvement. It, you know, take what you will from Illinois and Rutgers, but whatever. It wasn't the debacle of Wisconsin. Wisconsin was probably the only one where it was really bad anyway. So how much does it mean to like actually truly have that we believe in each other? There's always these rumors, which I don't buy, by the way, that Shea Patterson doesn't have the confidence of the locker room. I, I don't think that that's the case. I could be wrong, but I do not believe that's the case. I know that the coaches believe in him unilaterally. There's rumors out there that they don't, and I I know that that's not the case. They believe in him, top to bottom. And the reason why I brought up the read option in, in this is because again, if you're looking for offensive identity, it was around this time last year, week uh, week seven or whatever it was, when Michigan played Wisconsin at home. Michigan did not look like a well-oiled unit on offense. Yeah, they had some big wins, but you know, lopsided win against Western looked whatever. SMU looked whatever. Nebraska looked good. That looked good there. Uh, Northwestern didn't look good. Maryland, 42-21, to but still felt kind of uneven. It wasn't until that Wisconsin game that that Michigan offense found its true identity, which was ball control and the read option. And man, did that work. And you know why I look at it with that with Shea? I feel like Shea, I don't know if it's his own doing. I don't know if it's the coaches. I don't know what it is, but he just seems handcuffed right now. And that's where I think like there's a lot of people that are decrying what he did against Illinois, which fine, 11 for 22, 194 yards. That's not like a crazy stat line. The three touchdowns are good, uh, and then obviously the rushing touchdown. But to me, you finally kind of saw the t- Shea put the team on his back when it really needed it. With those big runs near the end of the game, that's what we need to see more of. And I, I just, I don't know how they're going to treat this Penn State team, especially their defensive front. I mean, Penn State has one of the best defensive fronts, and at least the front four in college football. They don't let up much when it comes to giving up stuff in the run. Michigan has to keep things off balance. They cannot keep. Just saying, like, all right, let's run, uh, let's run dive plays, let's run, you know, r- you know, run into the the B gaps or whatever. No, I think that they really need to diversify what they're doing. Now, one of the things that they said is there has been some simplification as to what they're doing well and what have you. I just hope that coming into this game, they have more that they're capable of doing well that they just haven't shown. I and I mean, I again, how many times have I heard? you know, on and off the record that they look excellent in practice, but it's just not translating to games. I've heard it ad nauseum both at press conferences and just from talking to people, whether it be on the sideline or whatever, it's I'm hearing a lot of different things that indicate that. So this is the time to break it out. Find that identity. If the offensive line is getting push opening holes and we saw bigger and better holes opened up early in the game against Illinois than we've seen since week one against middle Tennessee need to see more of that. Definitely not predictable. They're passing a lot on first down uh, eventually, you know, after, after they got done running all the time to me, that almost kind of was what got them off schedule here and there. So the offensive identity, it's gotta be more than just being physical up front because right now, and as we're about to talk about the run game, it's got to be more. So let's get more into that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I have no I have no lead in for this next one so All State wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Conversations I was having, as I alluded to yesterday, indicated that the biggest concern, as far as I know it, in, internally is the state of the run game. So that was a big game for Michigan to get to 100-yard rushers because it's been a weak spot. Now, not saying Illinois is any kind of like formidable foe when it comes to stopping the run. They're not. But, I mean, you, you get what you can get because guess what? Rutgers was near the bottom in run defense, and Rutgers not didn't completely bottle up Michigan, but you would have expected a lot more production from Michigan in a game like that. Michigan opted to pass the ball a lot more, which is absolutely fine. Rutgers was actually really good at stopping the pass. They've been doing that historically for a few years now. But that's where we need to see some things happen in the run game. I'm obviously enthusiastic about the fact that they played Dasan Haskins as much as they did. I expect that to, to continue moving forward given everything. And I I know, again, how, how many times did I get people saying, like, I am tired of hearing you say that Dasan Haskins, the most physically gifted running back on the roster. Well, we finally got to see it. And I think that was pretty exciting to see how hard he runs and he's tough to bring down and he seems like he's got good vision. And that's, again, why, why I feel like, hey, let's not anoint Zach Charbonnet as the next coming thing until – he gets a couple more things in there. The Harbaugh thing, like you know, one, you know, one one time is great. Second time is a, it, you know, is a trend, and third time is a habit. I think that's kind of where we're at with with some of these guys, especially in consecutive games. Sasan Haskins had those big runs in the end of the first half uh, against Iowa, and uh, now you're starting to see. It kind of reminds me of Karan Higgin in that sense, where it's just like a guy that's just kind of starting to really. Show you what he can do. First real opportunity. I mean, this guy ran for three thousand yards his senior year in college. Uh, I remember talking to. Uh, he's not with the program anymore, but I remember talking to uh, to someone that was, you know, with Michigan a couple years ago when after they had offered him, and they were saying like, Hey, listen, we see this guy as a five star. We, he's just way under the radar. We don't want to blow him up. So that's where we're just trying to kind of act like it's a real like, oh, yeah, I guess an offer and because we just don't, we want to be able to land him, but we don't want other teams to swoop in realizing how good he is. They've done that a few times before, and I've mentioned that. They did that with Sean McCune. They did that with Luke Schum- uh, Schoonmaker. You know, it's th- that's that's part of their strategy sometimes is to find that unheralded guy. And it, I th- I mean, you got a guy who played linebacker, He's good enough to play linebacker, play Viper, which is the safety uh, linebacker position. And uh, he likes to hit, likes to, to run through people. It, so it makes things a little bit more interesting in the sense that you've got a guy that can do uh, some different things, not just like this shifty, speedy guy. Uh, so you have him you ha- and you have Charbonnet. Obviously... I, don't, I still don't blame him for that fumble. Again, I don't think it was a fumble based off of what I saw. I'm not – again, I, I didn't get the best replay of it, so it is what it is, but, you know, that's – I think with those two, True Wilson, yeah, True Wilson put the ball on the ground. That's not indicative of what True normally does. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Christian Turner just because he seems to continuously make mistakes. The fumble is one of them, and, and you know, just like the pass pro issues that he had earlier in the year, it just – to me, it kind of feels like, is he ready for this yet? I don't know. But it's good to see that Haskins is really starting to get his due. But I think that would all be so much better if they keep teams off balance by, even if it's not a read, a true read, even if they they go out there and say, listen, what we need to do is we need to run Shea on this play, that they just need to have that available to them. I don't know how much they've limited that due to quarterback depth with McCaffrey out. but That's the type of thing that they just need to be doing. Keep teams off balance. That's not what they've been doing. It's They haven't necessarily been predictable, but they've been doing predictable things out of unpredictable situations. So, in my eyes, that would be the way to really push things forward. They need to, if you want to know one of my early keys for this game, it's to run for more than three yards of carry because, number one, every game Michigan has lost, save for what, the Ohio State game last year on the road? They haven't mastered, mustered over three yards per carry. To check into that, I just know that that was the stat that was going for a very long time. But I mean that that's part of it. Then uh, to being being able to 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 get over that because Penn State's not allowing that. I mean against Army and Wisconsin, two point four yards a carry, two point one yards a carry. Yeah, they got the win on the one, but. That's not going to cut it. 2.1 yards per carry against Wisconsin. They got four against Ohio State. But that's the only only one against Notre Dame on the road, 1.76. The only other road game that they lost. 2.57 neutral site against Florida. 2.24 against South Carolina. 2.78 against Ohio State the year before. 1.57 against Wisconsin the year before. 2.45 against Penn State. That's their Achilles heel in big games. Can't run the ball. Gotta find a way to do it. 2.12 yards per carry in the 2016 Ohio State game. 2.8 yards per carry against Iowa in 2016. Have to find a way to do it. 2.62 against Michigan State in 2017. When Michigan loses these games is because they are incapable of running the football. They have to find a way to make it work. And to do that, to me, read option. Keep teams from knowing what they're going to do. And whether it's a true option or just an option look, got to figure it out. We've seen that triple option look that they've utilized like a handful of times. They used it like four times in the first game. I've only seen it like maybe twice. Granted, I haven't necessarily paid that close attention to the formations all the time, but just need to see it that's that's what's got to change if they can muster over that they've got a fighting chance if they don't then sayonara so that's all i got sure we've got plenty of stuff hopefully we'll do a little bit more penn state preview stuff tomorrow uh we'll see if we can get on someone with from uh from the penn state side of things uh hopefully we can Uh, but for the lockdown wolverines podcast i am your man on the ground isaiah hole uh, you can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow uh, the, the podcast at On Wolverines, Wolverines Wire, Wolverines Wire. Uh, if, again, you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, email me at iHole at usatoday.com. Find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or online at WolverinesWire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcasts every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Locked On Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.